you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. What's up, everybody? Before you get to your episode, it's DJ and Bucky with Move the Sticks. Bucky, what's on our latest episode? Well, we're going to talk about your mock draft, but I'm really excited to talk about this pairing we have. 90s R&B with the top prospects in the draft. How we match them up, you need to tune in and listen. Worlds are colliding, Jerry. Check it out. Move the Sticks. iTunes, NFL.com slash podcast, as well as YouTube. Fantasy Freaks and Geeks, what's up? You're listening to the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. James Coe here with MG, my guy Marcus Grant, Adam Rank, the fantasy maverick, rocking a, what is that, a breast cancer awareness uh, Chicago uh, Bears hat? Yes. I do like it. And I had to, uh, I had to put all my Angels gear away and give are... a little love to Chicago <laughs> after, the... <laughs> after the shellacking. Yes. They, they just got bombed on At it. least we're not the Padres. <clears throat> Single-digit <laughs> loss. At least so. we're not the Padres. Wait, hey, yeah, the Brewers held on to a single-digit loss as well. It was 12-3. Ah, three, so good. Perfect. 12-3. And that, of course, is the succulent voice. Of... Succulent? That's succulent. right. It's sexy. Wow. Alex Gelhar, the whiz kid from Wisconsin. What's up, man? How you doing? I'm doing all right. I'm trying to <clears throat> figure out how to take a succulent <laughs> voice. Uh praise there but oh, sure I'm, man. I'm, I'm down you know what i tell you what i, I love the show today because we're going to be talking about 2016 rookie running backs and um and this is and and gelhar and mg this is your wheelhouses right here because you guys go deep into this man we've been you watching guys, a lot of tape oh my gosh you guys have a, a great uh series on the website NFL.com slash fantasy. Slash prospect a day, actually. Prospect where a you day. Get to it. We've been for over a month now doing one or two um, college players, doing a full pre-draft profile on them, mostly right. like what their strengths are, what their skills are, what the, their deficiencies are, what kind of ideal fantasy fits we'd like to see for them come draft day. So if you're in a dynasty league or you just want to get to know these guys a little more intimately, NFL.com slash prospect today. We're going to be pumping some more out all the way up until draft day. So yeah, it's, it's intense. It's intense. I like it. I like it a lot. Um, we're also going to be talking about Fantasy Fool's Gold. Will these guys disappoint or can they repeat uh, going to 2016? Doug Baldwin, Ted Ginn, Jeremy Langford, and a whole host of other uh, guys who did excel in 2015, but mm, a lot of question marks going into 2016. But let's start with the top headlines. The camera highlights in the world of sports. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. This is the woo. I like turtles. We continue to follow breaking news. Don't watch the news because I'm a kid. So y'all need to hide your kids, hide your wife. Not too many headlines, but the one big one, of course, involves Colin Kaepernick. It looks like he's going to stay in San Francisco, although Denver and San Francisco remain very, very close. It's like DEFCON 5 or whatever the DEFCON is. That uh, I never remember which one is. the bad one is. <laughs> whatever right. the bad one is. They, they're one, so close. Right? It's the lower DEFCON. Is, that, is never, DEFCON 1? I'm yeah. always sure. I never I, remember. Whatever. I always go to DEFCON 3. DEFCON 5 sounds so much more <laughs> right in the so middle. much more urgent. Uh, no, but uh, Denver and San Francisco trying to work out a deal. It sounded like they had something done in principle, but of course salary cap uh, restrictions kind of were limiting the options there. They wanted 
Kaepernick to take a massive pay cut. Uh, something I think they want to knock off like six million dollars off of his salary or something. Four point nine. Four point nine was that million. I, that's a lot of money, man. Um, and Kaepernick, you know, as is his right, said, uh, "No, I'm good. I'm good. I'm I'm going to play in San Francisco if need be. Play for Chip Kelly, a new head coach, and uh, take home that whatever it is, twelve million or whatever it is that he's." Uh, is it worrisome though? That some guy, I mean, obviously the 49ers are not going to be that great of an organization this year. Chip Kelly, last couple of years, little uh, little cracks in his uh, facade. Okay. And now you're looking at the Super Bowl champions, uh, a team that should have another good defense. Because as long – I understand they're losing players, but as long as Wade Phillips is there, they're still going to be good defensively. Agreed. So, you don't – I understand there's a lot of money being left on the table. But at some point you're like, yeah, I'll make it back when I win. I I don't disagree with that, um, but the fa- I think the fact that Mark Sanchez I know this is going to sound crazy, but the fact that Mark Sanchez looms there, that they made a trade for Mark Sanchez, uh, and again this is a team, the Denver Broncos, that just finished a championship campaign, really running a platoon at quarterback. Right. Um, I Their don't think they're going to be. Quarterback didn't even play in the in the Super Bowl. <laughs> there you go. Uh, an argument <laughs> could be made there, but I mean that's the thing. It's I don't think they're afraid to go that route. I, I think Cap sees that, or maybe his representation sees that. I don't know if Cap is even I mean, has is, his head in the game enough to even know, notice it, that. Plus, it's easy for us to be so cavalier with other people's money. Oh yeah, like, yeah five million. Why don't you? Yeah, <laughs> Never, as, who as cares? I'm saying the words. Yeah. yeah, now it's starting to sound ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> Um, what's the best fantasy fit for Colin Kaepernick? And I guess what would be the ramifications, the implications um, for the trade if it went down or even if it didn't go down? I mean, I think it's Denver. I think Denver is the best spot for him. I mean, it, it, obviously, uh, from a football standpoint, because that defense is still so good and I expect it to continue to be good next year, um, there's not as much pressure on him to go out and have to win games because as long as you don't have any major screw-ups, that defense will keep you in every single game. Um, fantasy wise, I mean, I think I think the offense is a fit for him. He can go back to that pistol that he was very successful with when he was at Nevada. I mean, that's how he made his name playing in Reno with that pistol offense. Oh God! And I got so tired of hearing about that dang pistol. And he got, and he has, he would have better offensive weapons than anywhere. I mean, you know, they talked about the Browns potentially, and obviously the 49ers are still in play. Neither of those teams has the weapons that the Broncos have. I mean, you know, the Bro, Thomas. Jerome Simpson, you're not scared? Uh, yeah, DeAndre Smelter and uh, <laughs> Bruce Ellington. Bruce Ellington. Right. I mean, but you're talking about, you know, uh, oh. Demarius Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders, C.J. Anderson. Uh, that right there, I think, gives him more more value than he would anywhere Who has else. a worse offensive roster, Cleveland or San Francisco? Ooh. <laughs> Long. That was a pregnant pause wow. right there. Wait. <laughs> but what if Josh Gordon comes back? Stop! <laughs> Stop! Marcus, quick, quick, quick crying about this. Uh, I like the people crying about crying Jordan memes on Twitter. I like night. crying Jordan memes. Just enjoy it. <laughs> How many uh, people were rooting for North Carolina to lose last night? Just so throw the crying, crying Jordan memes. <laughs> Did somebody crying Jordan Jordan? Yes. Oh, oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. James, there was a great one where oh, they yes. showed it was actually him in the stands looking at his phone. On his phone was him getting crying Jordan. And then it, it cut. It was a three like panel comic. And then it cut back to him and he was crying Jordan. <laughs> so great. People were. It's meta. I love people it. People were on fire last night. But it's, anyway, that is, it's our, our best crying. filmmakers, our most creative people, <laughs> right. are, are making YouTube mashups. Yeah. And crying Jordan. <laughs> That's where all our great filmmakers are. That's the next where the Coppola. talent is. That's good. Uh, all right, should we move on? Fantasy Fool's Goal? Let's do it. NFL.com slash buyer beware. NFL.com slash buyer beware. Uh, it's basically uh, the oh, gentleman can, here talking yeah. about, you know, Fantasy Fool's Goal going into 2016. It was in honor of April Fool's Day last sure. Friday. You know, you like to kind of try and play into the news a little bit. So I was yeah. just uh, – Looking at a couple guys whose production was a bit surprising in 2015. Oh, yeah. And uh, whether, a lot of question no, marks. They, they could be fool's gold depending on when you draft them if you're expecting that same level of production. Right. Because, like, a guy on there, Doug Baldwin, I really think Doug Baldwin's going to be great next year. Okay. But he's you're going to be fooled if you draft him <laughs> oh, expecting 14 touchdowns that's, again. This Okay. Doug Baldwin. Okay. Hit me. He's become 
the Batman versus Superman, where everybody's just decided ahead of time. Oh my gosh! That Can he's I? Terrible. I was gonna wait till Daily Dad. He's terrible. I was gonna wait till Daily Dad. But can I say this? I watched it last night with the wife. Okay, and I am trying to rack my brain as to how people can think it is a bad movie. Because it is. Is, right, I'm a, is it, a, is it a great it. movie? No, it's not a great movie. It's I'm going to go see it tonight, okay? So let's yeah, not. But is it a it's bad movie? No, it's not a bad movie. It's impossible for people to think this is a bad movie. Obviously, it's not. It's not. It, it is. It's not a bad movie. But that's the thing. Everybody decided ahead of time. Exactly. Like, we're not going to like this movie. I agree. And you go in with that mindset, like, I'm going to pick it all apart. And do it. Like, I, if I, like, I do this with a lot of Marvel movies. I, I go in not liking them. Okay. And then a lot of times <laughs> my expectations are met. Like, now nah, this is stupid. Right. Thor 2. Not Ghost great. Rider. Even Ghost the second, Rider. Even the second Ghost Avengers, Rider. Even the second Avengers movie. Those, right. those movies weren't particularly I'm gonna, good. I'm going to pause on weak. this because this, is, this tangent's already getting out of control. Let's save it for Daily Dad. <laughs> Back to fantasy. I want to hurry up and get through fantasy. But this so is I the thing talk. with Doug Baldwin. <laughs> this is the one thing I was All right, about. All right, go, go, go. Is, let's say, a reasonable expectation. Double digit touchdowns. 1,089 yards. Okay. Ten touchdowns? Yeah. That's that's wide receiver, too. No, that's, exactly. That's, just, that's where Alan Hearns was. That's, and that's what I'm saying. I say in the piece, so you didn't have to besmirch Oh, I read the piece. It. No, no, no. I'm besmirching it because I I want you to go, if, I want you to go hard. I want you to say he's he, – be a bust. Like, if people who don't <laughs> like him, he's going to have four touchdowns. He's going to be awful. No, this, this whole piece was a mix of guys who but I shouldn't buy into it all, like Ruben Randall. And guys who, if you buy into that price, you might be disappointed. But it's like the Odell Beckham last year. If you wanted him to have his ridiculous like 18-point-per-game average, you weren't going to get it. However, he was still like, what? How many people were – I mean, I guess well, – uh, no, no, How many people are really expecting that? I mean, yeah, I, I think most nobody's people – Nobody's expecting Doug Baldwin to go for five touchdowns in three games or whatever it is. You know what I mean? It's like – I just – I don't think people are expecting that. At, what's the price right, right now for Doug? Uh, sixth round. I don't, I, yeah, I, it did. It I'll buy in. Yeah, but I mean, if I if I went running back heavy in my in my early part of my draft because that's where I was, I'll I'll buy in a Doug yeah. Baldwin in the sixth round. Why not? Yeah, pretty I like. Sa- I think he's a pretty safe pick. I think uh, I think that offense has now changed. I agree because I I, I, I agree. We, we talked about it on Total Access on Friday. Is that Marshawn Lynch is gone, and even though Tommy Rawls is somebody that everybody's going to try to wedge in there as somebody who's just going to take that torch, like. Marshawn Lynch was a pretty special talent. Like, special. That's the one thing. It's not easy to replace these guys with like, eh, yeah, this guy will just come in. You're like, no, no, no. Like you've you've got to have a, a number of combinations of things to work for you. So right. I feel that the Seahawks offense is going to be throwing the ball a little bit more. Um, and Doug Baldwin had a legitimate breakout season. He okay. was great. Put so sixth round, you guys are all comfortable, obviously. I am. Fifth round. No. Because that's right now, fantasy football uh, calculator. I saw that, yeah. That's where he is. Fifth round? He's a fifth round guy. Um, that's, that's good. No, because I think there are other guys available in the fifth. I mean, that are not just not only safer but have higher. Right players. now, he's Goskowski. Going, he's going ahead. <laughs> <laughs> he's going ahead right now of Tyler Eifert, Jeremy Macklin, Alan Hearns, Golden Tate, Emmanuel Sanders, uh, Eric Decker. These are some of the guys that that Doug Baldwin is going ahead of. I, you know, I don't know, man. I, if if I mean the Decker thing is interesting because we don't know what's up with Fitz, right? So is the Sanders yeah. thing. He could have Sanchez throw well, now exactly. Uncle, Uncle Chaps is reporting. Oh, good. That Mike Glennon has been acquired by the Good. Well, there we go. It's all. Awesome. I almost. I almost. You almost got Chaps. He was posing <laughs> as uh, Jay Glazer. Oh, good. And I'm like, oh, Jay Glazer. That's his go-to me. this like, offseason. Son of a gun. Oh, He's good. good. Uh, let's jump He's to good. a couple other guys in this. Please. Langford is one I want to talk about because we've hit him a little bit on here, but I dug deeper into it. Okay. And uh, Mike Clay over at Pro Football Focus. And yeah. I think he's working with ESPN now too did a really great study about how all the running backs in the league fared against base defense and nickel and stuff like that. And Langford was the worst back in the league when running against base defenses. So the defense he's probably going to see the most of that you would hope he could get decent chunk yardage against, he was he was bad at. He also like led the league, I think, in drop percentage among running backs and stuff. So for him, when his asking price is creeping into that second round, top of the third, you'll pass. I will pass. Might be a time to be a little bit wary if you're a fantasy drafter there. Especially given the fact that they, you know, as we've always mentioned, they've tried to they try to get C.J. Anderson. They're, they've been flirting with a couple other running backs. <clears throat> yeah, it's really it's really interesting because what we saw in in the highlights, it's almost impossible to ignore because what he did was was special out there, man. The explosiveness, the you know, and again, going even going back to his college days, the the production, um, what we saw 
in terms of highlights from Jeremy Langford, hard to ignore. But as the offseason is progressing, we're starting to see a lot more um, like next-level analytics. And, and, and those stats tell us buyer beware on Jeremy Langford. Yeah, and this is actually kind of – this was kind of reinforcing for me because when I, I studied Jeremy Langford last year for Prospect Today, and I wasn't like – because he does have some pop highlights, but when you watched the total package, it was kind of like, okay, he's good, but like not – not great or maybe not true feature back worthy. So some of the stuff now that people have had more time to dive into his rookie year seems to have bore that out. Can he he could easily take that step next year, but right now, man, it that seems like a big question mark to be looking at in round top bottom around two, top around three. Uh I mean Michigan State running backs, bruh. Am bruh. I right? Trends? Trends. Let's do it. Uh I mean I'm in. I think my <laughs> my biggest concern and you kinda touched on it with the CJ Anderson thing, I mean the, the general manager, Ryan Pace, has pretty much just said, yeah, we're going to be a committee this year. I mean, just just flat out said it. And, and when you're talking about this in, like, February. I know. Uh, that just seems to I mean, say we aren't sold on Langford as our workhorse guy. The the ghost, the the, the, the body of, uh, of Matt Forte isn't even cold yet, and they're talking about committees. No, they haven't even taken the name off his locker yet. Well, that's a, that's a John Fox staple, going back to his time with the Carolina, Carolina Panthers, Panthers yeah. with John Stewart and true. Uh, D'Angelo Williams, and even a little bit in Denver as well, although when C.J. Anderson started to Emerge. separate himself away from uh, Monty Ball and, and uh, Ronnie Hillman, that they gave the ball to him a lot. And, and the thing is, it, he was a rookie last year. So there's going to be a little bit of an adjustment period. Right. It was telling to me that he was able to leap ahead of the veteran Kadeem Carey. Mm-hmm. And John Fox loves to lean on on the veterans. And he even gave Carey the start right. when Forte was out. Yeah, that's just kind of thing freaking everyone does. out. Yeah, you know, that's what Fox does. God, that was hilarious. First what drive, Kadeem Carey. What I, the F? Plus, okay. you know what? That uh, The Bears' <laughs> offensive line is being rebuilt a little bit. And now they're going to be moving Kyle Long back to the guard position, I think, which will be uh, more beneficial for him. And I expect that – I know everybody will roll their eyes because I'm a Bears fan, but I, I think the Bears will be better this year. I think John Fox, he's, he's a legit coach. And I think that with Fangio, the defense is starting to come along. And they were they were competitive last year. And I think this year they take another step forward. And I think Langford could start to pull away. From that committee. It'll be very telling what they do in the draft. If they do draft another running back in the first three rounds, then, you know, put up the warning lights. Can I, I can, Langford, I, can I make this argument for Jeremy Langford from a fantasy perspective? I think I, I think those analytics, and I've seen them too, um, basically tell a story of Jeremy Langford being a very average uh, running back. I think, but I think those stats tell you that he's an average running back in real life. From a fantasy perspective, can he get me one big pop play a game? Because that's all that matters, right? If he can break off a 50-yard run and then chip in, you know, 20, 30 yards and, and occasionally get you a touchdown here and there, yeah, that's but, all that matters. But how frequently are those 50-yard runs coming? Nope, nobody in the league's popping <laughs> off an average of a 50-yard run a game. No, no, I hear you. No, no, I hear so you. But if that's the case, he's going to be extremely high variance, especially if he's splitting characters. You could get me carries. Excuse me. If you could find me a running back who I can get guaranteed guaranteed a fifty-yard run <laughs> every game, yeah, sign in. me up. That's my first. Look, that's, that's your one dot one pick right it's there. It's an example of a pop play, fellas. That's all I'm saying. A fifteen-yard TD. No, and that's whatever it is. That's certainly why he's climbed so high in off-season ADP. I'm just why I put him on the Fusco list is because while that's there. It seems like that's just that's a risky bet to try and rely on that, okay. especially when he might be, you know, splitting carries heavily in a committee. Just making that argument. No, it's fair. Uh, Ted Ginn, another guy. He ain't catching ten touchdowns. Double nope. digit touchdowns uh, for Teddy Ginn. No, not, no. Not yeah, why does it like? Let's have the internet and everybody like, go after Ted Ginn. <laughs> Leave Doug Baldwin alone. Uh, <laughs> Doug Baldwin is a legitimate wide receiver. Right. Ted Ginn, like if you want to talk flu, like. Ted Ginn's season was more fluky. Oh, 100%. Because Baldwin, you just watch and you're like, oh, like. No, he played, Baldwin played great. He's a good player. Ginn played pretty well. He dropped a lot of chances. I wanted to hit on two more names quick. We don't have to hit everybody. Like you said, people can read it. Buyer beware. Okay. Uh, The Ivory one I found interesting because one of the narratives coming in was that they brought him in to obviously be a goal line back. Yeah. And I didn't know. This was a limited sample because I didn't do the the whole study. I didn't have time when I did it of how many plays they actually ran in the place, what percentage they got. 
Yeldon only got six carries inside the five-yard line. That still blows my mind. I, I, I see that, and I feel like it's a typo. Like, he got six carries inside the five-yard line. Yep. Right. He only converted All one year. for a touchdown. Uh, meanwhile, Ivory got uh, 18, converted five for a touchdown, almost doubled the percentage of what Yeldon did on those. And there were a couple, too. I watched all the plays where Ivory got uh, no help from his blockers. He was hitting the backfield. So if we were to take those out, his conversion rate would go even higher. But still... Like, they've already come out and said that they're going to split work with these guys, and it's like, <laughs> late late rounds, sure, but you can't you can't reach too high for either of these backs right now. Uh, you want to know how, how much this freaks – this is a, a kind of a red flag? Okay. Alex Gelhar is worried about Chris Ivory. Oh, I mean, very good point. The man who was driving – and look, I, got, I have no beef with Chris Ivory, but, you know, Alex was driving right. the Chris Ivory Marcus, bus Update, the bus is exploding. <laughs> <laughs> the bus is exploding. Yeah, I, so – um, I mean, I think that tells you something about how things have changed over the right. course of free agency. Now. Um, and then the other one to hit on is Dalton, who last Andy Dalton, who last year had a, was having a really great season to start. He had all the yeah. weapons. Oh yeah, everybody was healthy. He oh, had yeah. finally progressed. Um, Hugh Jackson was calling great plays. This year, however, Hugh Jackson's gone. Sanu's gone. Uh, Jones. Jones is gone. Yep. So. I think like Dalton maybe late round value, but I'd feel much more comfortable with her as a stream him as a streamer this year because of just the the, the Freudian offensive, slip, the offensive turnover. There Who are is. you thinking of that you would? Just I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, guys. I've only had one cup of coffee this morning. Gosh, like I don't even know where you're going with that. But I, I think I've been on record with this before. I, I feel the Bengals are going to be terrible. I'm looking at four wins. You cannot continue to lose those close playoff games year in year out. Six and seven out. years. And then this one, Jeez. the one against the Steelers is oh, that the was an all timer. That should have been. I would have fired everybody. That's an all timer. I would have hired Hugh Jackson maybe, but I would have fired it. I mean, stop. We're done. We're we're just. Done. <laughs> Unless, I mean, the Bengals. I mean, they probably ultimately don't care. They're like, yeah, whatever. Our stadium kind of sells out, and yeah, we're okay. We're making money. We got this shared television deal, so maybe winning isn't that important, but. I don't know. I look at it with Hugh Jackson gone. I see this being a miserable franchise. And anybody who's going to be taking a shot on Andy Dalton, when there are so many other quarterbacks out there that you could be right. looking at. That's the one thing. It's like whenever um, whenever we do these like total access things, wherever we, people come over and get our opinion, like, hey, what do you think about Captain? Like, who cares? Like, honestly, like, these guys are so far down the list. It, right. it really doesn't matter. Like, you – it doesn't like you could literally not draft a quarterback and then just start streaming week in and week out and you'll be fine. Yeah. Especially if you're in a league where you uh where you get four touchdown or four points for a touchdown pass. Then it's like then a quarterback doesn't even matter. Your your kicker's more important. <laughs> Goskowski in the fifth. So that was Love that. It. Read it, NFL.com slash buyer beware. All right. Check it out, friends. Twenty sixteen rookie running backs. First of all, rookie running backs are always so exciting, man. They are. I mean, because the wide receivers, you know, they, there's a learning curve, right? A little bit, yeah. Well, even, like, I, I feel it's over. It's uh, it's understated because, like, rookie running backs really don't, I mean, they don't really have that huge of an impact. Not as much as people anticipate because every time there's a Melvin Gordon or even Ryan Matthews in his first year taking over. But you got to find uh, that one. LaDainian Tomlinson. Right. Like, I don't remember Le'Veon Bell being exceptional in his rookie year. No, I, I could be mis- misremembering. I, no, I think you're right. But it seems to me like but think about rookie like, running backs, everybody goes so hyper over them, and then they're like, meh, they're fine. Like, even if you went back and looked at um, Emmett Smith, I was just curious, like, what was he doing his rookie year? He was, like, well, fine. The thing is, was great. more so now than back in the day is running backs becoming a young man's position. Yeah. So that's why there is always opportunity for rookie runners to, to succeed. They like the running back position in general. It's very volatile. Like, yes, we'll get our Todd Gurley's and our David Johnson's. We'll also get our Amir's and uh, Melvin Gordon's. Right. But it's a lot of these guys are going to come into situations where they could either start as the featured back, as Melvin Gordon did, or they could earn that that position later in the year. So it's worth you know studying them and taking shots on them later in rounds. Well, and again, man, you got to just find that one. I, I that's a, that's what I always believe, right? Like you got to, of course, every position super volatile. But rookie running backs to me are so interesting because of all the r- offensive rookies that come in, these are the it's the one position group that you could pretty much say guaranteed for sure there's going to be one guy in this class that's going to make a fantasy impact. Yeah, I mean, it's like New Year's Eve though. Okay. Where the anticipation just far ultimately doesn't. Uh-huh. I mean, there's like you could look back in your life and be like, "Yeah, there was a couple of New Years that were really fun, that were really awesome." But for the most part, you're like, "Oh, man, 
We spent all this time thinking about this, making all these plans, and this is what happened. People are falling asleep at 1130. What happened? <laughs> <laughs> and so, I mean, even Gurley, I mean, Gurley was great last year. Right. But he wasn't great. It, it wasn't what? like he was, listen, he was good, but it did not. If you look at a flow chart where the hype versus the production, I think the hype clearly. Like, I mean, <clears throat> no, he didn't quite live up to the hype because everybody's hyper. Like everybody was really excited about him. And Amir, I mean, obviously, Amir Abdullah was somebody I was very uh, fond of. Sure. Well, Amir hit that one run in the preseason, and everyone oh my lost gosh. their minds. Yep. <laughs> it was over. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And it was, but a lot of it, it's just kind of like, eh. I'm just still failing to see how you think Todd Gurley didn't reach the hype. He missed the first basically four games of the season, or three games of the season, and still finishes the RB5. Amazing. I thought he was great. That, that I mean, to he me, was, well, first of all, how, how had, terrible the position is. First of all, what, 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 are, what are you doing? Are you, are you trying to drive his price I'm down not. so you can grab him? He's just trying to be hipster like when he writes an article. To... And he, tell, he tells kids to go to go Yahoo something. Right. Google something. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> What's wrong with Yahoo? <laughs> go ask Jeeves. Yeah, I go, get you. Go go Bing. Go Bing it. Listen, right, so Yahoo's anyways. a legitimate thing. Like Yahoo, because I play a lot of my fantasy baseball. Okay. It's on Yahoo, so right. it's like easier just to be on the Yahoo. Thing. I'm just teasing. Let's let's get into. I just, no no no. I you guys do that. I'm a, I want to. If you look at his game by game, I, I you do the research. We're gonna talk about be, Ezekiel Elliott. Like he was good. I have it right I, now. So the first game where you played like five snaps, one point four points. I remember then that 16, one. 16-15.9, 28.3, 20.6, 16.9, 14.9, 10.6. That's amazing. Two bad weeks. Three four point one twenty six thirteen point nine fifteen. That was this early. Ooh. So twelve twenty seven. That one doesn't count. That should get you hot and bothered, man. That's that's a game log right there. Week fifteen. Yeah, I guess it was uh, this stretch on uh, December sixth and November 29th where he just did nothing. Those those two weeks were scary. He played two tough defenses, Cincinnati and Arizona. But then were he brutal. He bounced, yeah, I guess it was better out. than I was thinking. It's okay. All I right. did win my league with him. I shouldn't be too upset. <laughs> Zeke, let's get into it. I did it. Okay, Ezekiel nice. Elliott, Fine. no question about it. Um, I was hyper on this dude last year, man. I, I said last year I thought he was the best running back in that conference. Um, this year. In the class. Uh, yeah, well, no, in that conference. But that conference last year oh, yeah, yeah. was silly. I see what you're saying. It was ridiculous. In the Big Ten. With, in the Big Ten. With Gordon and... Uh, Coleman and Cobb. And all, those and all those dudes. It was ridiculous. Horse him out for David Cobb, by the way. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, he enters into this um, draft as, uh, I mean, a super interesting prospect. Uh, Gailhart, what's your take on uh, on Zeke? Give me the best fit. Uh, how do you see him projecting into the NFL? I mean, he, he is the most complete back in this draft. He's the only one that's probably going to be drafted in the first round. He can do everything. He can run with power. He's shifty. He has uh, lateral agility. He has suddenness. He can pass protect. He can catch. Like, he, he is the complete package. I mean, best fit, let's be real. We want him to go to Dallas. We want him behind do the offensive the, I, line. I, yes. Again, we I know we talked about that. But no, we, why? We There's a committee him. there. No, we, if he Not go, if he goes if there. If he goes, he's the committee. And we want him to go there because he that way he gets put up with a good quarterback and a good wide receiver and a good passing game. We don't want him to go somewhere where it's all on Zeke. Not to say he can't do it. I mean, Todd Gurley just did it. Right. But if we're talking a dream landing spot, we don't want him to go to Philadelphia where he's being projected, where he's in a real committee. Oh, my God. Ryan no, no, no. no. There is to Philly. no committee. If they draft him. They they're pro- not, I mean, they're they could, not gonna. They could trade they would, Ryan Matthews. They would probably, probably. Yeah, they probably get rid of Ryan Matthews. But like, I mean, still. I, I guess I'm confused. Why is Ryan Matthews <laughs> uh, so much markedly better than a guy who just got 1,400 yards last year, and then they just signed a guy in the offseason in Alfred Morris in the Cowboy? Oh, it's like Zeke over. No, no, yeah, yeah. Well, what? No, no. I'm saying like the committee in Dallas versus the committee in Philadelphia. I think both of them are not great landing because spots. Because Ryan me. Matthews is better than Darren McFadden? <laughs> it's the That's... Darren McFadden-Alfred Morris combination. No? Ugh. No. That... Wait, yeah, that ain't it. Ain't... Ugh. That's like saying I'm going to mix 1% milk and 2% milk and it's going to be delicious. <laughs> <laughs> that gives you 3% milk, 3% right? milk. That's no, but So, like, in a, I, I don't know. Otherwise, dream landing spots would Raiders, too. Have him go the Raiders, Raiders. I, think, no, I think the Raiders would be a spicy landing spot. I don't think spot. there's any way he falls that far in the draft, but then he would take over for Murray, too, because they don't seem sold on him. 
And then you got young quarterback, young running back, two good I, wide receivers. I'll, just, I'll throw it out there. Indianapolis, why not? He ain't never making it. Look, 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 look. He, I know I said he ain't never, but that's <laughs> no, how. No, no. Like, I get it. I get it. Like, he won't fall that far. But what I'm saying is that I wouldn't be surprised if up. the Colts move up to go get him and pair him with Andrew. I don't know. You're saying that they got so many Zeke holes. Elliott and, and Andrew Luck, those guys together, just uh, they could wreck shop up that the would be, offensively. That would be beautiful, but I don't think you mo- they move up to get a running back. As far as, well, wait, where are they picking? I forget. They were had a pretty terrible year. Yeah, so. they did. What about the Giants? The uh, Giants are super interesting, too. I wouldn't mind that. Eli, Odell, Beckham. Hello. Nice little Hello. Nice little That's a trifecta. No doubt about it. Um, let's move on. I mean, look, the, everyone's so Zeke, loves Zeke. Zeke is going to be the earliest running back taken pending falling to a disastrous situation, and uh, he's pretty much the presumptive 1.01 in Dynasty rookie drafts, too. I would agree. Oh, yeah. I would agree as well. Um, depending on where he goes, comfortable range for Zeke Elliott. I mean, he's probably going to climb up into that anywhere from he's gonna two, fall. To, two to four. Like, no wow, range. you think he's going to I, I was going to say more rank round five. Oh, but I guess he's probably not going to be there in Amir, five. Amir climbed up into round three, yeah. guys, by the time we started. <laughs> last year. Right, but I mean, I, I just I do wonder if memories of Amir Abdullah scare some people Look, off. These I, are different. These are these different. Are different type yeah, I was I was high on like, Amir Abdullah, but Zeke. Josh Ferguson is, is this year's Amir Abdullah. I hear that. Like he's the guy who will go out. He'll do something amazing in in a. I was going to say spring training. <laughs> he's going to be the guy who does something special in the preseason. Everybody's going to be like, yeah, we really love this guy. How about Derrick Henry? I mean, just gigantic. Yes. By the way, he came through the NFL (laughs) media newsroom last week, and immediately Alex and I just kind of like slacked each other as the – he is a huge like, man. We just like kind of looked at each other and like seen him like a, <laughs> like, in a comedy when both our eyes go wide, and then we were like cow. communicating on IM, so like they <laughs> actually like talk like schoolgirls. But he is looks like a defensive end. Yeah, he like, does. He is towwering. He's six three two fifty. Yeah, he's and every huge. bit of that. He's six three two fifty. He is a D end. I mean, he is gigantic. I just I I saw him walk by and immediately thought. My God, could you imagine trying to tackle this man? Right I now? think I would literally explode into a cloud <laughs> if I tried to tackle he's, Derek Yeah, he's like the first guy I've ever seen who would be who is like that. Where you're like, nope, I would I would not get off my block. Yeah, at all. No, if I was him because I, mean, I like even like Terrell Davis, who's here. I remember one of our coworkers one time going like, "Could you imagine trying to tackle him?" I'm like. Yeah, yeah. I go, if I would have played football at Fullerton, I would have been playing against him because he was at Long Beach like, yeah, State. Right. L- LT, I would have done that. I could imagine trying to tackle LT. I know I'd hit, yeah, I'd, I hit, I'd, hit I'd hit air, right. but like, <laughs> yeah, I would have exactly. been like, I, I could take this. Right. I'd look at Derrick Henry in the open nope. field and be like, no nope. Thanks. All I think nope. is business decisions. Yeah. <laughs> um, despite the size, man, you look at the, the, the speed and athleticism, too. It's insane. He Crazy. ran a 4 5 four forty. Yeah. Are you kidding me? At that size? A 37-inch vert at that size? Come on, that's ridiculous. Isn't that like the hip thing too now is that the Cowboys would pass on Ezekiel Elliott go with the uh, one of the defensive players? Yeah. Be it uh I, I everyone like Bosa or something. something. So yeah. many folks are then projecting going, them to go get Henry in the second in the second round. round. Yeah. Which seems to make a lot of sense. I think so. I think so it does. Here's something here's something fun about uh, about Henry because while he is he's super explosive, super fast. One thing he lacks is is a little bit of lateral agility. That's yeah. not to say he doesn't have any. Well, he's so huge, he's not that elusive. Big. But here's a, here's an example of how crazy explosive he is. So he finished in the top five in the combine in the vertical jump. He finished fifth in the broad jump. He finished second. Both of those are good measures of explosion um, and the power from your legs. So he finished in the top five in both, weighing on average. 33 and a quarter pounds more than the other top five finishers in the vert and 42 and a quarter pounds more than the top finishers in the broad jump. Yeah, it's insane. So he's he's going to have his limitations, but if he goes to the right situation like a Dallas in the second or even if Cleveland takes him in the second as a replacement for Isaiah Crowell and does right. a total thunder and lightning thing with him right. and Duke, like he's going to be he's going to be a big beast. He's not going to ha- maybe have as many eye-popping highlight plays, but he'll have some long runs and he's going to get in the end zone. Yeah. He's a, he's going to be an end zone machine. Um, <clears throat> long term wise, the the only thing I worry about, and this is long term, I'm not talking about next season, but I think just long term, uh, the fact that he's not that elusive and that he actually looks for con- he loves contact. Um, that size, I mean, you're right. A lot of DBs won't be wanting to make that tackle, but I guarantee you, there's a lot of linebackers and a lot of DNs that are looking to square this dude up mm-hmm. and make a name for themselves because for he real. is a big time name. And if you're that linebacker and you want to make sports center, you want to you want to make that highlight reel. 
you're looking to pop Derrick Henry. Blow up Derrick Henry. Right, exactly. Just <clears throat> hope you don't hit him with a full head of steam, linebackers. <laughs> <laughs> um, Devontae Booker out of Utah. I love this kid. I, I think he can do everything. Um, you know, a, a nice shifty guy, but you know he doesn't shy away from contact either. I love the leg churn. Um, highly productive player at Utah. Uh, Adam Rank, what's your thoughts on on Devontae Booker? No, I, I've really really excited about him yeah I, I feel again like everybody's always fantasy booking where the Cowboys are going to go for a running back and I think that he's somebody because he again he's also a good receiver out of the backfield he team. Is. and he really um got his stuff together yeah. over the last couple of years I mean everybody remembers him being recruited to Washington State and being excited about it then he disappeared to go work on his academics which makes him a little bit older and he's got that body type too that he started to get injured a little bit at the end. Obviously, missed the last couple of games for Utah. So you do you do have a couple of concerns like that. But I did think when I was looking at his game and what he does is even though they've got again he would be going to a, a committee situation. But I look at him going to a place like Baltimore, where Mark Tressman loves to use his uh, running backs out of the backfield as receivers, that he could really flourish in that type of system. I think he can be a very productive. NFL player, maybe even with a similar type of uh, traits that like Danny Woodhead has where, you know, he's that sneaky guy who's putting up quality fantasy points, even though he might not be uh, dominating the highlights on total access. I got you. I feel like, I mean, right now, everybody says, you know, Zeke is the number one running back in this class. Derrick Henry, probably number two. Right. When he gets to number three, I feel like it's a it's a coin flip between Devontae Booker and Kenneth Dixon. And Jonathan Williams and CJ Pro. And probably John, yeah, it's, it's a big mix. Right it is now. a big mix. Like cause because I know I don't you know, Gelhar is a huge Kenneth Dixon fan. I tend to side slightly toward Booker, but I feel like they are guys who do some similar things and I think it's it's really is going to be a toss up which one of those people like more in this show. I, I do think though. <clears throat> that that next tier really it does come down to Devontae Booker and Kenneth Dixon. I know C.J. Pros. A lot of people like C.J. Pros. I think he's underrated. But he's only had one year as a running back. That's true. Um, you know, the game tape is 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 good. It's not great. Uh, and I don't know. I, I think it's exciting. I, I, I think there's. I think there's a, a. It's there's a mixed bag of opinions on him. You know, and, and so that's why I would say he's that one, just a touch below in terms of a tier group, right. uh, below Booker. I mean, and he, is, he is he is nice though because he's very adept as a pass catcher and he's got some moves and stuff. But you're right, he hasn't done it as long. Which, when you look at somebody like Kenneth Dixon, yes, he did it for three oh fantastic years at Louisiana Tech. And as I put in my write up, which I just which just came out today on him for Prospect Today, for a hot second, he was actually the all time leading touchdown scorer in. FBS history. It's ridiculous what and he's done the from Navy, touchdowns. The Navy quarterback stole it once. 28 touchdowns as a freshman, had an injury in 2013, and as a junior had another 28 touchdowns, and then as a senior had 26 touchdowns. Really slacked as a senior. <laughs> <laughs> we saw a drop-off, guys. We saw a drop-off. No, but I'm, that is insane. Yeah, he's, he's fantastic, and the thing about him is some people will knock him because he's not as big. He doesn't have elite long speed. I think he ran like a 4 5 8 40. Yeah, he did. Um, and then you watch him. Some people were like, oh, well, he played in Conference USA. Yeah. Like when he played against Alabama, and I forget what other big program he hit, um, he kind of got, well. got stuffed. Right. But I watched those games, and that was more on the – the discrepancy of talent between an Alabama right. and a Louisiana sure. Tech right. than just Kenneth Dixon because poor guy would get the ball in the backfield and have three Alabama defenders. Right. As long as I he mean, doesn't just go to... playing rock paper scissors for who's going to crush him. Yeah, as long as he doesn't go to Cleveland, he's going to be on an NFL caliber team, <laughs> which means he's going to have those guys blocking for him. No, that that's a huge thing. I know because um because Ladanian Tomlinson got kind of that rap too because he yeah. was coming out of the There's, whack. Right. They're always like, oh, like small school, like even Marshall Fall right. coming out of the right. Like, they're fine. The thing I, is, oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, they're just not surrounded. Our right. offensive line is not NFL caliber. And the thing is, too, like if he came out with average production from the WAC and conference, they're like, okay, maybe then you're a little more worried. right. Exactly. But he dominated. Elite. Elite. He yeah. Dominated those fools, and he's got such great balance and foot quickness, and he can set up his cuts that I think he could come into the he could come into the NFL right away as a complimentary piece, maybe like like a Gio Bernard. Right. But he could. He has the talent and the ability, and he's actually bulked up. He gained seven pounds of muscle from combine to his pro day. Oh, did he? He wants to be a featured back. I mean, I think it's interesting that you say Gio Bernard because when I watched him, that's kind of the guy, the, the type of player I thought of. And that's Absolutely. Not, and that's not a bad thing. I'm not knocking that at all. But I think that is kind of 
who he projects to be at the next level. But that's why I love him is hopefully he falls in a good offense that's ready to use his skills because I think definitely he's a late-round guy who could, like, even if as a complimentary piece, like Gio Bernard was basically an RB2, like fringe RB3, like a good flex player last year, like Dixon in the right offense could be that kind of guy this year. It really depends on what teams they go to. It is. So that's why why this is all speculative right now. And I saw somebody when we were tweeting out prospect of a day, like, chirped at the fantasy handle like well, how do you can you project into this if you don't know what their team they're at well it's like well look there's a whole thing right. where we're look evaluating their skill set so right. we better know when they land with said team right what to expect right what do you want us to do start doing the research as soon as they they land with the team? no it's like no you got to look at these guys ahead of time right and, and figure out and when the draft comes it's like boom just immediate takes you know what i mean it's like hey this is a great fit it's not a great fit i see him doing this i don't see him doing this but kent you mentioned five ten. Uh, 215 at so his combine. Now he's 222. See, that's amazing. So he he bulked up, didn't lose any of his speed. He still got his quicks. So he's he wants. He's trying to prove to them. He's like, give me the ball. His lateral quickness, man. Well, he's got some, some of his jump. highlights. I link. He has got some jump cuts, man. If you go to to the um, to the piece I put out today, you can find it on NFL.com/slash/fantasy or prospect today. Uh, I link to a great post from Rich Rebar at the at the fake fake football who wrote this up, but he put in a bunch of gifts of, like, some of these amazing cuts that Kenneth Dixon has done. And right. You just watch it, and you, like, have to fan yourself off because these are, these are impressive. Uh, if he goes to a zone-blocking scheme type, uh, type of team, he can kill. He can absolutely kill. He, he's got unbelievable cuts, as uh, Alec Kilhars mentioned. Uh, CJ Process, can we dig into him a little bit more? I, I know he's a big-time name because he came from a big-time program in Notre Dame. Uh, he was actually recruited as a safety to Notre Dame then played wide receiver, and then for one year decided to give running back a try and and was pretty good there as well. Uh, he enters the draft as an interesting prospect because he's got a lot to learn, but, man, the skill sets uh, is very interesting. Look, he, he's a converted wide receiver, so obviously right. he knows how to catch the ball out of the backfield. He's got great size. He's 6 feet, 220, which makes uh, his transition into running back, it, it makes a lot of sense. So... I, I don't know. I, I get why people are, are, are high on him, but then at the same time... It's not a video game. You right. Know, you just can't prop this guy into it. I mean, a lot of these things, especially when you're watching players, is how instinctual are they? Right. Do they, do they see the field? Do they know the way the play is supposed to develop? Can they let things... You know, I, I you want a, a running back who knows, like, okay, this is going to take a little bit of time to develop, and then I'm going to hit this hole and stuff like that. You can't just get that in one year, and even though he's a, a great talent and he played at a, a, a high-end university, yep. you just can't expect him to go out there and immediately put up huge fantasy he's a, or do anything like that. He's such an interesting guy because he has the size of that first down, second down guy, but his skill set is more of a third down guy. That's why he's so interesting. Franchise wrote up a great profile on him for Prospect Today and talked about how versatile he is, and the thing is, like, with he's, well, I like his versatility that he's played safety and played wide receiver. That shows he's also a smart player. And once he gets more comfortable and, like you said, rank instinctual, and that was one of franchise knocks that needs to be more decisive, I think he could be really dynamic. And let's not forget, like, if the player is smart and they're as athletically gifted to play multiple positions, a limited ability or limited, like, time frame in college at one position isn't that damning. Anthony Barr only played one year at linebacker right. at UCLA, and sure. now he's arguably one of the best young defensive players in the league playing linebacker for Minnesota. I mean, the the, the transition from, you know, DN to, he like, a linebacker. Back. He played running back. Well, no, no, but he also played DN, though, is what I'm saying. You know, so, like, I don't, no, you're right. It, it, it's He's a great athlete. It, it's just CJ – it's so interesting. But isn't it mostly, like, those guys go from offensive positions to defensive positions and flourish? Like, are there a lot – I guess I guess you know what else I always think about. I always think about basketball players who just go and decide to play. Oh, I just want to play tight end. Let's just go. <laughs> I mean, it's like it's not even like they get any kind of time under their belt. They're just like, ah, oh, let's just get out there, just run it out there. Let's let's just see what happens. I mean, I think my thing with pro size is just just watching the tape. I mean, just watching him gives you this feeling that yeah, this guy can make this change. He okay. can make this leap. Let's speed through a couple more of these. Marcus, let's double down on the Arkansas backs. You watched Jonathan Williams. I've watched Alex Collins. What did you see in Jonathan Williams? You're a big fan, right? I did. I'm a big fan of him. And I know that he kind of got overlooked. He pretty much missed a year with injury. Uh, you know, so he, it, it's been – you have to go back, I think, to 2014 to actually watch him play. Okay. Um, but, I mean, the guy with just great feet. Uh, you know, he's, he's a guy who – isn't gonna, he's not going to dance around a whole lot. He's going to get upfield really, really quickly. You know, I, I think he's got toughness. I think he has a, a lot of things going for him. And, you know, 
Arkansas has has had a a program that has really featured running backs over the years. I mean, I go back to the days of you know Darren McFadden and uh, you know what uh, who they have the. It's somebody else with McFadden. I can't remember who it is now. I'm blanking out. But either way, I, I like what was Jonathan Felix Jones? It was, it was Felix Jones. Jones. I want there to say, you go. I want to say Julius Jones, and I knew that wasn't right. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I think I think this is a guy who he's obviously not going to come in and be a feature back. And I think once you get past you know Derrick Henry on this list, there aren't a lot of guys who are going to come in and be feature backs right away. But he's a guy who could come in. I think be a nice pass catcher, be a good change of pace back. I think the big catch, the big question for him is. Can he stay healthy? Because obviously missing a full season, uh, especially with a foot injury, is something a lot of people are going to be keeping an eye on. All right, Alex Gelhart, talk to me about Alex Collins. Alex Collins is interesting because he had a lot of pop plays, but then he tested atrociously at the combine. Like bad 40 time, bad agility and stuff. And I think the thing with him, though, is that it's one of these interesting ones where you kind of have to separate the tape from the measurables a little bit because like, nothing he does on tape would indicate that he is that special of an athlete, but he is a good player. He shows good vision. He's got good balance. He's got some good power. He's got decent speed. So, like, he's a kind of guy, like, maybe that's more of, like, a Alfred Morris type, where if he gets into the right the right scheme and the right system and he gets the ball a lot, he could definitely be a fantasy asset. But he might be pigeonholed as more of a, a later-round backup to start in his career. So he's a guy that's, like, a late-round dynasty pick. But unless he falls in a great situation, I don't know if I'm going to be – be buying a ton of Alex Collins yet in uh, redraft leagues. Uh, to your point, uh, his measurables, 5'10", 215. Uh, he ran a, what did he run, a uh, 45940 and uh, just a 28-inch vert, 28-and-a-half-inch vert. Mm-hmm. That's that's no bueno. Uh, and for that size, a 4.59 is not great either. Uh, I mean, pushing 4.6, eesh, that's uh, not great. Um, you were mentioning Josh Ferguson a, a bit. Uh, give us your take on Josh Ferguson, Adam Rank. You know, I really liked him. Uh, when you're out here on the West Coast at 9 a.m., uh, when you guys should be watching Madden NFL Live. Of course. On Saturday. But after that, uh, Illinois... This year they weren't on as much, but uh, they're always one of those 9 a.m. games. That Absolutely. Come on. And Josh Ferguson was just somebody I, I don't think that Illinois was surrounding him with a lot of talent, but he was one guy who always just kind of stood out. He he just has a, a fun way about him, you know, and there are just certain players that you like to watch and, and what he brings and just making these just mundane plays and just stretching them into stuff that you didn't think was going to be there. Part of that, though, could be a problem because he does try to hit the home run like every time. And he's he's out there. He's playing Madden. He's one of those guys. Like, <laughs> now he's running backwards. You're like, oh, my God. I think it was I, – I think they were playing in the heart of Texas Bowl a couple of years ago, and there was a broken play. I think it was one of those things he was supposed to throw the ball and it collapsed, and he just did the super tech mobile Bo Jackson where he's running all over the place and somehow <laughs> – gets a gain and that's one of the things like at some point you just want your running back to be like okay this is how much I've gotten I've gotten eight yards I'm going down or I'm going out of bounds or anything like that so he does have some ability the one thing uh that's the most glaring is that uh, he fumbles the ball way too much and if we learned anything from Amir Abdullah over the last season right it's that if anybody puts the rock on, on the, the ground, ground yeah. you're not playing I mean it, it's and it, it, he compares to guys like Amir Abdullah or Ronnie Hillman guys who've had trouble with fumbles and pretty much had it ruin their fantasy careers. I mean, they're still getting paid NFL money, but whatever. Um, he's exciting. Uh, I I don't think he'll be as hyped as Amir, but he will start getting into that David Cobb type situation where people are like, hey, like late in drafts, you'll be like, oh, I'm going to add him and see what happens, and then we won't hear from him. And then a couple of years from now, he'll do something special. Well, you, it, I don't know. I just don't. There's a guy on this list that you guys knew I was going to talk about. Daniel Lasco, of course. Oh, please stop. Get to him. Out of Cal. Nope. Um, there was nobody more surprised by his combine results than I was. Really? Uh, because quite honestly, you know, I've watched him play his entire career there, and occasionally he would have those explosive plays, but I didn't see four, four, six, forty he was, speed. He was a combine hero. He okay. was unbelievable. Forty-one and a half inch vertical. He was a hero at the combine. It was, he was ridiculous at the combine, um, and I didn't see that athleticism at all. I, I, I shouldn't say at all, but very few plays did I see that level well, of hard, athleticism. It's hard to show it when you're running that bear raid offense there and letting Jared Goff sling it, you know, fifty times a game. But I mean, even in, in uh, you know, running out of the shotgun is tough. I, I get that. But even when he would get the ball in the open space. Um, I wasn't blown away by Daniel Lasker. So it's interesting to me because the size and speed combination that Daniel Lasko has, 
would tell you this guy could be a very good NFL player. Unfortunately, I've seen him play way too much to think that. Uh, so I don't know. It'll be interesting now, to see where he goes. Wait, let me ask you a question. Have you? Because this is what a lot of people say. A lot of scouts and things I've listened to on podcasts. It's time of year. Like Josh Norris has said it, and I think uh, DJ as well from our own offices has said. Lots of times the combine people use it to confirm what they've seen on tape. And if something surprises you at the combine, you got to go back. Then you go back and watch. So have since the combine, have you gone back and like reexamined it in a, in a new light or like taken off the you know the Cal Homer cap for a minute and. Uh, <laughs> just just watching him, I'm just I'm totally curious. Um, I, I've I've watched. I I wouldn't say I've gone back and have done a full tape mock-up because again, it, when you've seen that much of Daniel Lasco, and again I've seen so many of these Cal games, it's like, how much do I need to go back? I guess is what I'm saying. He had a very injury-riddled senior season, so you know I did have to go back to his junior plays, but and and, and you know again that's where he showed a lot of explosiveness. But the only time he showed it. This, I mean, yeah, that's it was a one-year wonder. He should have left. Exactly. Left. Why do you go back to school? Yeah. In your point to go to college to go get a job, it is go like leave. Especially running backs. I never quarterbacks. I, I get it. Like, hey, stay. You might want to learn a little bit, right? And uh, help your game. But running backs, like, dude, your window is short. Right. Go make that money. I agree with you. Um, so yeah, I don't know. After I was telling Colin Kaepernick to take, you know, cut out. Five yeah, five million. million. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it's tough. Uh, so, yeah, it, Daniel Lasko is going to go in later rounds. Um, it'll be interesting to see what the fit is. And then, of course, you know, I'll be keeping a close eye on him during the uh, during the preseason. But he'll be fun on space because he's going to I mean, if he is testing this well through the combine measurables, he's going to be great on special teams, which means he'll stick around for a while. He'll be a that helps no one all star. Absolutely. That's about it. OK. There all right. And real quick, Jordan Howard, just the last one to hit. Please. The opinions vary on him because some are some are quite high. I think um, our own Lance Erline had him as like his third rated running back for this draft class. Others Is have him a right? lower. Yeah. No, he's yeah. He's again, these big 10 guys they are on TV. It's so weird that their big 10 is on TV so much on the West coast, but yeah, he's another guy that you would just watch. Uh, I haven't really gone back and looked at his film or anything extensively. I just know in the games that I was watching of his, I was pretty impressed. Yeah, thought he's, it was. A, he's a guy that always gets solid yardage. He never has a ton of those highlight plays. Like he doesn't have great long speed. He doesn't have a ton of agility, but like, if you want a running back that's going to get you three to seven yards a carry, like guaranteed. It's like a quintessential like college running back. Yeah, from exactly. The 80s. You're just so, like, oh yeah, this is fun. That's why it's going to be interesting to see see where he goes and how somebody somebody uses him because. But one thing a lot of scouts like is he started at the University of Alabama Birmingham and was dominating there. But then when the program closed its doors, he made the jump to a Power Five conference and played even better with Indiana against good defenses in Michigan State and right. Iowa and uh, Ohio State. So. He's he's an interesting guy. One I'm not super in love with, but in the right situation, I could see maybe throwing a dart at him in the late rounds. All right, there you go. Uh, I think anyone, I think anywhere that uh, Indianapolis goes, I'll be very interested. I I put Kenneth Dixon as an option for Indy if they can take him there in round two or something. Yeah, if the, if they do that, I love it. First first year, he spells Frank Gore a little bit, gets in on right? third down, exactly. Learns from the wily old vet, and then next year, wily let's old vet. go. Yeah. <laughs> What else would you call Frank Gore? Uh, mummified? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Or what is this deal? Uh, calcified? How how does he do it? I don't know. Like juice? <laughs> Not like bad juice. Like does he like a, like, like acai like berry smoothies? juice? Yeah, right. Like acai know? berries. You eat a lot of blueberries. Do you hear those are good for you? Uh, beets. You know, it's good. Mushrooms. The antioxidants. Who knows? <laughs> antioxidants. Uh, cryogenic sleep. Maybe it's Maybe. great. I do love it. Uh, let's get the daily dabs. Let's get do it. Here. Daily Dap time. Adam Rank, we start with you. Oh, thank you very much. Uh, you have first... a literal list. Do you not keep this kind of stuff? <laughs> you have a journal in front of you with a literal list Why of Daps. That? Why is that wrong? Just I don't want to forget anybody. Okay, we I don't want to get up there and we're the, running out of big time. time. Keep going. Go. You know what? You want to be prepared? Go. Do you not research for what rank. you're doing? Go. I'm just filibustering for your fight that you're going to start <laughs> with Batman versus Superman. Uh, daps to Shane McMahon, who uh, jumped off the top of a steel That was cage. wild. That's that big was bump. so crazy. That was wild. You're, if you're a fan of wrestling or not, you did see Shane McMahon take that jump. And That's it's, a bump. It's pretty right. cool. Like that, that was the whole thing. I thought the um, – He's made a career of that. Yeah. 
You know what? For somebody who is worth a lot of money who doesn't have to take those kind of risks, you're you're the son of the owner. You don't have to do this, but he right. always wants to go out and prove that he's one of the boys. Went out and did it. WrestleMania wasn't bad. It uh, exceeded my low expectations, so that was good. NXT TakeOver in Dallas on Friday night was the goods. That's a real wrestling show. It's, it's hipstery now to talk about it, but it literally is, and it's so funny because – I knew somebody who was going out, and I'm like, hey, I go, you're fl- I go, when are you flying out? Oh, Friday. I'm like, are you going to get there in time for NXT TakeOver? He's like, I'm not going to that. And I'm like, okay, shut up. Then you shouldn't be going to <laughs> If what? you're going and you don't want to go to NXT TakeOver. Wow. Wait, um, are you going to adapt the Zayn uh, Nakamura fight too? That was incredible. That was an awesome match. That was incredible. I don't want to get too granular with uh, with people, but if you, yeah, if you're a fan, obviously that was incredible. Not only that. But Sami Zayn had a match of the year on Friday and then went out Sunday and was a part of the ladder match where he's hitting all his signature spots. And if you've never seen his signature spots, he runs from the floor, dives through the ropes to the other side, and DDTs. He dove through a ladder. Dove through a ladder. Like, it's insane. He is so good. It he was is, impressive. Yeah. It was really cool. Go watch him because he's going to be a star for a long, long time in the WWE. Uh, further daps to Jay Wright. I loved his celebration or his lack thereof. Oh, my gosh. Like, Total he, lack like of he was embarrassed. That he, was so great. Walking away, just like, yeah, I guess that happened. It went out. Everybody else was going. Eight feces around him. But that was pretty cool. So I uh, enjoyed that. Daps to Guns N' Roses. I think it's great. I, I've been a little bit um, – uh, ambivalent to it. I, I personally, I'm waiting for the reunion with Buckethead and Robin Fink. That to me is the classic Guns N' Roses lineup. And you know what? I saw them on New Year's Eve, and I think it was probably like <laughs> 2002. And were you pumped? That was a great New Year's. There Eve. you go. That was my Todd Gurley. You know what? New Year's Eve. I, I appreciate that tangent because you paid it off at the end. Thank That's you. great. See how it ended? <laughs> so, uh, Beautiful. But it's really cool. They went on. They were scheduled to go on at 11. They went on at midnight. So, for Axel, that's like four hours early. It's good. So congratulations. <laughs> good. He's learning. Perfect. Um, They're old I don't, now, Rank. They got to get out They got to get out a little earlier. Right. No, But they look at – Axel lost a lot of weight. He looks like oh, he's, good for him. he's, he's uh, taking this seriously, so that's great. I don't know whether to dap Jim Nance or not, but did you guys know that he gives a tie? He so gives a his tie. every year. So this, that's – I, I, didn't know that that, I didn't know that until this morning. Me too. I, I just learned it this morning. tie to one of the seniors on the winning team? Yes. yes. Oh, that's awesome. Yes. I think, it? though, it, it's <laughs> kind of like it's so self-serving. Like, hey, you just won an important basketball game. Let me make myself a part of the conversation yeah, by well, giving you a It's a conversation tie. we haven't heard until now, and Nance has been doing the title game for how long now? I feel like if I was the first guy to get one, I'd be like, what, what, what are you this? doing? What, what is, is this? this? Yeah, what are you doing? Well, and listen, nobody enjoyed him on How I Met Your Mother more than I did. That was a great episode. But it's – I don't know. I I haven't made a decision on whether that's great or not. Uh, I'm going to say it's not, and let me tell you why. Okay. Because when you do that, you are backhandedly saying, I am super important, <laughs> so when I give you this tie, you should be honored. It's, <laughs> it's a cool memento. You know what? Let's, Is I'm gonna, it, I'm gonna, it's a cool memento if somebody asks for it and you give it to them. But yeah. if you give it to them because Jim Nance just wants to give it to you – that kind of seems that's like, like a, being at a Guns N' Roses that's concert like a, and Slash throwing you his pick and being like, no, 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 not at all, not at all. That's like you paid money that's to like pay if, homage if, to these guys. If, they give you a little memento. That's awesome. If Slash showed up at the championship game and handed him a pick, <laughs> that's what it would be like. <laughs> that's what it would be like. <laughs> he just kind of shows up. <laughs> <laughs> that would be I the best. He needs right. to start doing that. I, you know what I want to do though. I think. <laughs> But from now, in, in honor of that, I think every time I watch the Pro Bowl, okay. whoever inspires me the most, I'm going to go to the Thai bar, send them a tie. <laughs> <laughs> really enjoyed you in the Pro Bowl. Here you go. Was, Congratulations. You should do that. That's great. And oh. by the way, and if anybody is a huge fan of the NFL Fantasy Live, you will no doubt want to pour one out today for Eric Bowersfeld, who, if you're, you know, he was the voice of Admiral Akbar. Oh, that's oh. right. He passed away. Okay. Oh. He was also... Um, Oh gosh, he was uh, he was one other character too. He was the voice of, and I I will think of it after the the All podcast right. goes live. But MG, somebody, my somebody guy, Marcus me. Grant, go. Uh, one daily dabbing baseball. Baseball's back. I know I know we are a football company and we are doing a football podcast. But look, man, it's fun to do some other things every once in a while. And opening day in baseball is a tradition. It's an America. It is it's part of Americana. America, it's man. Great that it's back. Daily dabs to uh, the Dodgers and Clayton Kershaw, who got off to a fantastic start. Hold your yeah. comments, Adam Rank. Don't want to hear it. Um, Listen, I, I, I complimented him. You I said, backhanded complimented I, how, him. What did I say? You 
implied that he was the Peyton Manning of baseball because not imply that it's a regular season game. So of course Clayton Kershaw was on top of an inferior opponent. Regular season game. That is Clayton Kershaw's wheelhouse. I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. That's yeah. part of his job. That's what he's such getting a, paid such for. Such a backhanded compliment. <laughs> um, but you know what? Anti-daps, anti-daps to the Dodgers, to Time Warner, to Major League Baseball, oh, for the fact that here we are in year three. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Of this it's ridiculous. terrible TV deal. So great. And, you know, look, I get capitalism and everybody wants to make a buck, but the fact ridiculous. that you are keeping – you're keeping the region. Seventy percent of seventy percent of, of your the viewing LA audience <laughs> won't get to enjoy Vin Scully's last season behind the microphone. Pathetic. Uh, and I know that I know that Vin is too humble to make himself a part of this. I understand that. But Pathetic. for the rest of us, yeah, this is a really, really big deal. And for the ownership group that took over, uh, even if they win a handful of World Series in their time owning the team, this will be a large part of their legacy. Vin Scully is part of the reason why I got into this business. Um, yeah. It's yeah. also Dick Enberg's last season. It is Dick Enberg's last, which is kind of it was cool yesterday. You know, they're down in San Diego, and Enberg's been doing Padre games for a year, and it was very cool to uh, see the two of them take a photo together on their final opening days. That's great. That was kind of amazing. so. Rank, we had an assist from behind the glass. It was Bib Fortuna. Yeah, that's was right. the other voice. That very nice, Johnny Buttons. Bib Fortuna. Wow. Uh, Alex Gilhar. All right. The first thing I have to dab is I found these uh, in the middle of last week. I don't know how I missed the first one because it had 38 million views on YouTube. But did you watch these when I tweeted them out last week? They are from uh, Studio C, which is a sketch comedy group at BYU. And they've made these videos about a guy named Scott Sterling who is on their sports teams and only ever operates in the sports teams using his face accidentally. So the first one was a, it was a soccer match, and he was the goalie in a shootout, and every shot he blocked with his face, <laughs> getting progressively more daisy, eventually where his teammates sit him up in a chair in goal. Which was, <laughs> and, which was amazing. And he still blocked <clears throat> his face. And then they, the second one came out last week, and he was on their volleyball team and continued to block and, spikes. Return, and return shots with his face. And it, it sounds so simple, but they execute it so magnificently that I was literally in tears crying so hard watching the volleyball one. Scott Sterling. Scott Sterling, <clears throat> Studio C. Uh, they are amazing. They are and hilarious. The the other thing I want to dap quick is, uh, I don't know if anybody's been watching Better Call Saul, last night's episode on Monday had uh, one of the best, just like it was one of the best visual episodes they've had of the season. They had a tracking shot in the beginning in the cold open. They had one very sneaky edit where they probably hit it in there with a white behind a guy, but it was legitimately like a 10-minute tracking shot that was just gorgeous. And then the whole, the whole episode was beautifully shot. So it was great to see. Like I've really enjoyed Better Call Saul, but it was great to see one of those episodes kind of paying homage to Breaking Bad, which had such a unique visual lens that it, it shot the shot the show through. So great Daily Daps to the, to the crew of Better Call Saul. You guys have been crushing it. All right, there you go. Uh, I'll give a quick Daily Dap to Squatty Potty. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I knew we were – Dying in the office yesterday, uh, watching Squatty Potty vids. Dude, and, I just uh, showed somebody that on Sunday. Twenty million views. Where have I been? Pe- oh my god, people love it. Squat- and they swear by it. Oh, they do because the other thing about the Squatty Potty is that one of our producers explain to people <clears throat> at home what Squatty Potty what is. It is. They might not know about it. I don't even. Am I allowed to? It's a, st- <laughs> it's a stool. It's a step stool to help you relieve your stool. Right. Yes. There you, there you go. So basically, the step stool sits underneath your your your. Your toilet. porcelain, yeah, your toilet, and you prop your feet up, and the the when you prop your feet up, it creates an angle, and that angle apparently is more conducive is more conducive to, to going to potty. End. Yep, and thus it's called the squatty potty. But the Amazon review that we found for it too, I mean, I was just on the ground. It was unbelievable. So that uh, Squatty Potty, uh, I'll put this stuff on Twitter. If you listen to it, I'll, I'll throw it out there. And uh, and you guys can just go to my uh, Twitter page, at James E. Co., and, uh, and check it out if you want. Uh, okay, so, no, but really, though, Batman versus Superman. I, I mean, I don't get it. Uh, first of all, daily daps to the people who hated it because I went to an empty movie theater yesterday uh, <laughs> with my wife. I'm going to go tonight, and I imagine it's going to be fairly empty. I mean, it was... Empty. Literally, it was me, my wife, and the guy who cleans the floors for the movie theater were the only people in this in the big theater at the ArcLight. It was great. It was unbelievable. So daily daps to those people, like Alex Gallagher, who hated the movie, and uh, thus killed the box office uh, ticket sales for it, which is great. It still <clears throat> made a boatload of money because everybody saw it opening weekend. It just had a precipitous drop, that's all. Which is what I predicted. It's still going to make a ton of money. It's fine. I liked the movie. Again, I don't think it was – I mean, 
is it one of the greatest you know movies of all time? No, it, it's not like it's not like the Heath Ledger Batman. No, it wasn't that. But I mean, it was a good, fun movie. I liked it. I mean, I don't. It's like I gave it a a, a solid B plus. It's hard to have uh, constructive conversations because people have been so negative about it. Right. Like it's flawed. I mean, there's some things I would have done different. And then I, that's why it's a B plus. We talked about it a little bit last week, but it's like it's still it, the thing is. Here's what's bothering me. Uh, TD, who does all the podcasts here, yeah. him and one of his cronies were sitting there. The other day, I'm walking by, and, and and now I get it's like I'm wearing a scarlet bat, like I'm I've been branded, and they're like, oh, rank like that movie, and they laugh, and I'm like, listen, bro, like I grew up being made fun of for liking comic books, so you're not gonna you're not gonna break my <laughs> you're, spirit, you're not gonna hurt. I'm me. used to this, yeah. okay, and I think like I I, I think that it, it was a, a solid movie. I thought it was really good. Yeah. I saw Deadpool uh, over this past weekend, okay, and, and and a lot of people will compare like, well, Deadpool, I'm like. It's two different type of movies. Those are sure. you that's can, that's a bad comparison you, if anybody. You, but yeah, no, but the people are like, well, they this is the way you do a comic. I'm like, no, that's the way you do that comic book movie. Right. That's the way you make it. Like, Bruce Wayne is not Deadpool. He's not a fun guy. Right. And everybody was <laughs> like, well, where's Batman? I'm like, the whole movie is Batman versus Superman because yes. Batman is a detective, and he's detecting things, and it might not have been as action packed, maybe, and it comes in at the end, but. I think overall, I think it was a good movie. I thought overall, I liked it. I liked it. And I'm excited. And, and again, Zack Snyder that. is such a Dragon Ball Z fan. It's so clear. I don't know if he's ever addressed that, but he's such a Dragon Ball Z. So why does he just go on and make a Dragon Ball Z movie? And get oh it my out gosh, of his he he really should. That. Yeah, that he was. I'm get in, it out of his system. I'm in for that. I'm a hundred percent in for I'm that. Gonna, that would be great. At Zack Snyder. <laughs> Snyder, please make a Dragon Ball Z movie. Yeah. I like it. I don't know, man. Like, I I enjoyed that movie more than Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh wow! Ooh, uh, I haven't even seen this movie yet, but I can't imagine. Wow, Guardian, I mean, Guardians I mean, I of might the have... Galaxy was one of those ones that I'm like, what am I missing? I I thought See, it was I might have laughed as much in Batman versus Superman, but oh, for different reasons. Come on, Guardians was campy. There was there. I didn't like. Here's it. the thing, like I there how did how did how does Star Lord how did so they just have an endless supply? Okay, well, of <laughs> in space. How does that thing work? <laughs> it's on. This is, on this that is note, hit the music. Control. Let's get out of here. For Adam Rank, MG, my guy, Marcus Grant, and the Whiz Kid from Wisconsin, Alex Gellhar, I'm James Coe. We're so out. You, you form. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.